Hello, listeners, and welcome to Cyberpunk Tales from the Oasis, Episode 4, Trickle Down. Congratulations on your new life, reads an official poster on the wall next to the exit of the border checkpoint waiting room. As our characters ponder the bizarre interviews they just gave, a million questions swirl through their minds. Though, for ISO, one thought rises above the rest. The person on the vid screen in the waiting room. Her audio is muted, but whatever she's talking about seems important. He searches furiously on his agent, looking for more information. Could this be his first Oasis story? And how could he insert himself into the middle of whatever was going on? This is Episode 4, Trickle Down. So you do get one piece of important information. Mm -hmm. The stream sheets are a buzz with one specific thing that has recently happened. Apparently, something that is called the trickle down hydroponics system <laughs> oh, God. has been offline for the last five or six days. People are beginning to worry about where they're going to be getting their food and how long the food reserves will last and whether this means the introduction of synthoplastic into their processed foods. People are exceedingly concerned about this. And there are several like interviews from your lip reading. You kind of get the gist that they're uh, they're talking about, like, what are we really going to do from here on out? And what happens if we can't get this system up and running? And then there's another person that's like, we just need to trust that our dear leader is going to be able to uh, take care of everything. Cool. Cool. I'll note it down. You note this down and uh, everyone goes and opens up their different packets. And inside the packets, there is a, uh, a little data shard. It gives you a map and access to where you will have a temporary apartment for the next week. It also has 50 eddies and a little form letter kind of apology note of we're very sorry you had to go through. And then there's like a line and it's just written in horrifying ambush. <laughs> <laughs> Please accept this on uh, behalf of the Oasis. Well, I gotta say that's more compensation than I normally get for horrific ambushes. Normally where the one's doing the horrific ambushes, but okay. Once you uh, have brought in all of this information and added it to your internal cyberwares and internal credit system, you go and open up the door. And it turns out this is just like the lobby. It, it opens right into the lobby of the police station. It's not a locked door. This is just a secondary waiting room. And you are free to go as you wish. It's five or six. The sun is beginning to set. And you are on the streets of the Oasis for the first time. You step out into the air, which is significantly cleaner than in Night City, but still relatively polluted and uh, are filled with the bustle and sounds of the general city around you. The areas that you're in, I should just kind of describe the visuals of what the Oasis looks like, because you're now kind of close to the inner city of the Oasis. The buildings around you are just magnificent looking. They're fantastic jutting skyscrapers filled with like bulletproof glass and, and all sorts of fancy accoutrements to make these buildings just look incredibly impressive. But as your eyes go down a bit lower, you can see that there's some cracks in this facade of an exceedingly nice city because there are you know, occasional homeless people camped out from place to place or sections of the building that have you know semi-temporary slash permanent additions that have just been kind of hacked together or added on, leading to a, a bit of a fractured facade of this incredibly nice buildings right next to this abject extreme poverty and utilitarianism, I guess. The streets around you, there are people walking from place to place. The NPCs actually stay in place whenever your vision leaves them and then comes back. <laughs> so, you know, improvements on cyberpunk already. <laughs> but one thing that does immediately stick out to everybody who passes a DC 13 perception check. That could be any of us. 
All right, Reed, you don't actually notice any of this, but everyone else notices <laughs> that of the people that are walking around in this section of the city, I'd say probably half to two thirds of them have the same glowing blue chip embedded in the side oh, of their heads. I was worried about that. Not all of them, but about two thirds of them. I, I, I want to look up, see if on the internet version of Google. <laughs> glowing blue chip. <laughs> Can I search for glowing blue chip? <laughs> I mean, that the scary dystopian future version of Google, so. Google, <laughs> yeah. In this in this case, the scary utopian version of Google here in the Oasis is called the Fountain. Oh, I was expecting Alta Vista, but I'll take it. <laughs> uh, so you go up to the Fountain er, and you enter in your search query, which is blue chip. <laughs> blue chip. The first thirty or forty responses that are streamed basically into your consciousness, because we've evolved past the need for screens are, for lack of a better word, uh, advertisements telling about this awesome blue chip that you can get, get it embedded into the side of your head, assuming you pass the pre-approval process and the credit check background, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that promises to increase your cognitive load and give you the ability to remember more, think faster, and basically be a better person by up to 50%. Okay. What is kitsch? You type that into the fountain, and it gives you a definition for the word catch. <laughs> to receive, opposite of to throw. I tell the other people in the group, uh, apparently these blue chips make people's brain go faster. Huh. Well, sounds good to me. You'd think Night City would have those. It seems like Oasis has a lot of things that Night City don't have. Clean air? <laughs> well, yeah, I'd say that. Cleanish air. <laughs> I mean, this place seems weirdly nice, save from uh, trickle-down hydroponics being fucky. Huh. Trickle-down what now? <laughs> uh, it, was, it was on the, the screen sheets. There's something about their um, system malfunctioning and them having trouble. Oh, fuck. They use trickle-down. Yeah. That shit's a fucking scam. We use um, solid-state. Hmm. Solid state hydroponics. Yeah. <laughs> Sticky seeds and ice grows faster. I, I, I have no idea what they use back in that city. All I know is that kibble come in a bag and it, it does the job. At this point, your ambient turn-by-turn -turn directions were locked onto your apartments and they've led you to this apartment building. There is a security guard at the front who, as you walk in, he sort of looks you up and down and you feel yourself being scanned before he gives you kind of a nod of approval and waves you towards the elevators, which open for you. The elevators are made out of just really shiny brushed metal. They look almost brand new and they're really large. So you're all able to comfortably step into the elevator. You get in and the elevator kind of knows already where you're going, takes you up to, to the right floor. You walk a little ways away from the elevator. And sure enough, there are four apartment buildings that have your name on little LCD screens out front. We're neighbors. Oh, great. How exciting. Now I'm Scottish again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you all open up the doors to each of your individual apartments and go in and get yourself situated. They're relatively nice apartments, complete with a computer terminal. There's a, a nice little view of a central plaza behind you with a little fountain, a basic food synthesizer that can make little protein bars for you whenever you need, but nothing really more complicated than any of that. And there is a fancy bed. Other than that, it's relatively empty. Well, perhaps if I wait here, the uh, guy will contact me eventually. At this point, the sun is set and the lights inside your apartments kind of turn on ambiently. Let's go around to each person and see what they're doing in their apartment. So, obviously, like, 
Sedoy, you are waiting to be contacted. So let's go with Jen next. I'm, I'm, I'm laid down on that bed. It sounds like you were saying this is all pretty basic, but this is uh, damn fancy compared to what Mavis is used to. Seems like she ain't turning around back to Night City right just yet, so may as well, may as well make the most of it. All right, and ISO. Yeah. You have a full terminal for editing videos. Awesome. Um, so first thing uh, ISO does is make sure he backs up the audio recording of the interview at the, the police station onto his agent. Um, but he doesn't quite trust the free terminal, so he just pops out his own laptop and starts working on that, hooking it up to the Wi-Fi and everything. It takes a little bit of finagling, but you finally get your, your laptop to accept the encryption key and you're onto the intranet. Cool. And I uh, start digging for some information about the trickle-down hydroponics, sorry. You begin researching that. And last up, Reed. So, Reed, it's been a very long time since he's slept under an actual roof. He just sort of stands there. Does this make him nervous? No, I think it's not so much nervous, it's like strange. So he's sort of unused to it, so he just sort of stands at the door for a little bit before eventually just peeling off his fucking leather armor, drops a helmet, mask fucking just drops to the ground and he finds a shower. Alright. Showers and sleeps. You take a shower and it's exceedingly refreshing. <laughs> also, unlike Cyberpunk, you were able to take your clothes off before you shower. So, you know, <laughs> we're two up. Well, I have not played the game. All these jokes about how buggy it is is going way over my head. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. So um, you've all gotten situated in your room and the sun has gone down. People are still kind of milling about, but not so much anymore. And there's bits of entertainment that are being suggested to you by the in-room AI that's trying to suss out your preferences and figure out what you're into. That being said, Sadoi, while you're uh, just kind of sitting around and waiting and maybe browsing through stuff or... Probably spending time like looking up the tech situation in the city in general, seeing what I'm working, what I might be working with. Okay, give me an investigation roll. Uh, absolutely, I can do that. So many skills. I know, right? Interrogation, investi... Is there investigation? No. Okay. That was was very D&D of you. I know. Whoops. Let's... There's criminology. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think... Let's go with uh, library search. Yeah. Library search. Yeah, that makes sense. Ah, 17. If I recall correctly, that is pretty good. This feat takes actual training and a user can be considered professional. So you professionally search up information about the tech situation in the city. And what you get out of it is that Baxter Callum, the leader of the Oasis, the one who started the caravan and got everything all set up, was by all accounts on the government-sponsored websites, a fucking technical genius, a a wonderkind of his own time. And, you know, he's of course still alive and still kicking. And while not all of the tech in the Oasis was necessary, directly created by Baxter Callum and his companies. Uh, A large majority of them either are or require some sort of integration with his systems. He's basically kind of tried to rebuild these systems. Right. Um, The intranets and the communications platforms and things like that. Like, if you knew what the goal of the internet was and you were trying to invent it now, like, what would you change? Right, right, right. He basically is attempting that. So it requires a whole bunch of custom firmware and integrations with anything that isn't necessarily created directly by his company. But they do have a lot of conversion packs and conversion kits that you can purchase that make the process a lot less laborious than you might think. Okay. But it's not necessarily like a plug and play sort of thing. Yeah, and that's basically what you get out of it. While you're in the middle of searching this, you get a call on your personal communicator. <gasps> I, I let it ring for three signals so as to not seem like I'm too eager. <laughs> 
Ring, 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 ring. Attention, someone is trying to get in contact with you. <laughs> ring, ring. I pick up the phone. You pick up the phone. Привет. And are met with a uh, familiar, let's somewhat high-pitched voice. Hello? 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 It's Brandon. Brandon, what? How the fuck did you get his number, you fucking piece of shit kid? <laughs> it's Brandon. You remember me from, from, the, from the caravan? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Uh, this is Sejoy, right? Da. Okay, I'm sorry for, for calling your personal communicator like this, but I finally met up with my dad, and he's he's been trying to get a hold of you. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, I knew it was you. Dad! Dad, I got her on the phone. Dad! Brandon, you li- lovely little rascal. At least it wasn't a speaker. <laughs> I'll send it over to you. Okay. There's a little beep, beep, boop. And then suddenly you hear on the other side of the voice, Hello? Hello? Is this Sedoy? Da. Sedoy speaking. Oh, I'm so glad I've been able to get in contact with you. Your caravan didn't arrive, and I was just, I was really concerned. Um, are, are you okay? Did you get injured at all? No, I am, uh, I am alright. I have to take shower soon, because I have lady brain on me, but otherwise I am good. <laughs> but, oh. Oh, that's an oof. Oof. Oh, wait, sorry, that was your wife? <laughs> you hear him sigh on the other end. <sighs> uh, ex-wife, but yes. Well, not so sorry then, maybe. Well, she was a good person. Regardless, anyway, um, I'm sorry but that you had to go through that. Um, my name is Gabriel, and I'm the one who contacted you to uh, come and help me with a rather serious problem with some of our uh, automated systems. I-, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to check out any of the stream sheets, but have you heard about the issues we're having with the trickle-down hydroponic system? Uh, I think uh, one of my travel companions mentioned. Uh, I've, been lo- I've been busy looking around at other tech situations. So I have not known the details. Well, yes, we're, we're having some issues with ours, and, well, we heard you're the best at repairing high-tech, high-class equipment, so... That's me. Well, that's why you're here. Duh. Do you happen to have anything going on tonight? Would you be able to come and stop by the lab and I can give you a, a rundown of how everything works? No, please, this hotel room is boring, anyway. <laughs> All right, excellent. Well, um, we'll send a car for you. Should be there in the next hour or so. And uh, then we'll, we'll introduce you to our hydroponics system. Oh, I'm excited. It'll be very nice to meet you in person. We'll, we'll, we'll talk then. Uh, absolutely. Talk later. Das Vodanya. You hang up the phone and begin making preparations. Oops, piece of shit kid. That was fucking hilarious. As you're packing up everything to that you might need, that you might have unpacked here, or, you know, making a smaller satchel to bring with you, as you're packing this, st- this stuff up, you hear another ring on your communicator device. Ring! Ring! Someone is trying to contact you. Ring! <laughs> I really should change that ringtone. It's getting very annoying. I pick up the phone. All right, you pick up the phone. And actually, simultaneously at the same time, Reed, Iso, and Mavis, you all have the same sort of ring on your own personal communicators. You all pick up at relatively the same time and find that you're on a conference call. There's uh, it's, it's all of you there. So you all pick up and kind of say hello at the same time. And there's a jumble <laughs> of overlapping voices before uh, you find the, oh, no, you go first. Oh, you go first. You go first. <laughs> you know, like a Zoom meeting. <laughs> and on the other end of the line, once you finally sort out who's talking first, is a deep voice with a southern accent, which I can actually do relatively well, that says, um, 
Well, hello there. Am I am I reaching the uh, the people who came by that caravan that ran into all that misfortune right outside the oasis? Am I speaking to those individuals? That'll be us. You certainly would be. Yeah, that'd be us. Oh well, excellent. My name is Rod, Rod Erskine, and uh, I run one of the local shipping guilds out here. We had some questions for you about the situation that happened in the caravan coming out this way. Uh, would y'all happen to be free for uh, for this evening? We heard about the unfortunate circumstances that happened, and we're just hoping that we could treat you to a, a, a nice steak dinner at Flaming's Real Steakhouse. They serve 100% real steak. Well, I... <laughs> Would that be something y'all are interested in? <laughs> I don't believe you. I'm never one to turn down a free meal. And I, that sounds amazing. It's not a pretty story, though. Yeah. You haven't eaten real beef in a while? We've got a reservation set up for about an hour from now. So uh, if y'all just meet me down at Flaming's Real Steakhouse in about an hour, uh, I'd love to meet you firsthand and give my truest apologies about everything that happened there. This conflicts with a pre-existing arrangement I have. That's real unfortunate. Those steaks are quite delicious. Well, maybe if you end up finishing your prior arrangement a little early, you can come down and uh, come and join us. I'll, I'll make sure that the staff know that you're coming. Okay, sounds like deal. And if not, more for us. Busy bee, Sadoi. Y'all only just arrived in the Oasis and you, you've already got an arrangement? I'm vegan anyway. Oh, that's nice. Uh, the, the phone's hung up and you all look up the directions to get to Flaming's Real Steakhouse. Yep. Turns out it's about a 30 minute walk from where you're at. It's still within the city, but kind of closer to the outer limits of the city. So you all set off to go and walk towards Flaming's Steakhouse or? Uh, yeah. 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 Is someone going to attempt to learn how the taxi service works? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too poor. Honestly, if Reed can't drive, he's walking. Mm. He's not going to let some other fucking dude drive. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you saw what happened last time. Someone from the Oasis tried yeah. to drive your car. Exactly. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I did just tell the guy who, who paid for me to come here that I would come over to his place. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm i going to go over there. And everyone else gets oh, to have a nice steak dinner. Split the party. Split <laughs> the party. Y'all begin walking towards Flaming's Real Steakhouse. One hour after your phone call, Sadoi, you are alerted via the internal alert system in your apartment that there is a chartered vehicle waiting for you outside. Okay. You head down and check out the vehicle. It's a really nice car that kind of looks like an older Buick. It's just a very like luxurious vehicle. You get in. There's no driver. Is it an, an AV? Like an aerial vehicle? Yeah. Yes, an aerodyne. An, an automobile-like flying vehicle powered by ducted jet fans. Uh, no, this is actually a traditional car. Ah, oh, gross. <laughs> it is very nice, though. <laughs> Fair enough. It drives you to the very center of the city, and one of the four core buildings it stops right in front of. You look up and see that the entire building just has an exterior of glass with steel supports and stuff on it. And even from the ground level, you can see that most of this building, minus, you know, a couple floors at the top and then the bottom floor, are just filled with plants. You've never seen this many plants before in your life. It is almost fantasy-like to see all these different varieties of plants, even just from the ground level. Oof. I don't have words. Well, you step out of the vehicle, and as you're admiring it, the vehicle drives away, and the doors in front of you open very invitingly, despite you being about 50 feet away from them and there being nobody else around. I jog, because it's like if someone holds the door open for you, you don't <laughs> want to be impolite. You jog towards it, and as you pass through the doors, an elevator on the opposite end of this very nice-looking lobby that has a receptionist, an elevator opens up, and Brandon steps out with this tall, kind of suave-looking man with very striking features and long 
wavy brown hair. As you get closer, you see like one of his eyes is clearly a cybernetic replacement because it's a different color and it's kind of flashing various patterns and things. Brandon steps out of the elevator, sees you, and goes, Hey! Hey! Over here! Hello, Brandon, my friend. You are a cool kid. (laughs) Hello. You walk up towards him uh, while his father sort of follows behind a bit, absentmindedly typing something on a data pad. Uh, Brandon walks up and goes, Did you see how I did it? Did you figure it out? How I I contacted you? You, Did you hack my device when we were in... I hacked you! Yeah! Now I can talk to you anytime I want! Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy about these news. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. Be- I'm really getting good at this stuff. Uh-huh. I'm gonna become a real net hacker, and I'll be able to join you on adventures and stuff. Maybe. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> His dad comes up behind him and goes, "All right, all right, Brandon. Please don't, don't bother Sadoy. Sadoy, it's very nice. Very nice to meet you. I. My name is Gabriel Greenfield. Gabriel. Gabriel, yes. Very nice to meet you, Gabriel. And uh, I am the associate vice president in charge of engineering at the uh, trickle-down hydroponic system. This very fancy title. Um, well, I, I'm sure your time is just as valuable as mine. Let me give you a quick rundown of how this place works. Yeah. He gestures to you to the elevator. You follow him and get in. The elevator begins coming up and it, it's got pure glass panes so you can see out of it. Most of this building is glass, and the elevator begins slowly rising upwards. He gives you kind of just the general spiel of almost like a tourism thing of like the trickle-down hydroponic system was developed, you know, 10 years after we ended up setting up here with blah, 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 blah. Uh, He explains that there are 50 levels besides the bottom level and then the top seven for administration, overhead, and offices, that the rest of the building is entirely filled with plants that each level has 10 sections of plants per level, and that there was some sort of attack from a net hacker about a week ago. And since then, the trickle-down hydroponics system, the watering system on it, just stopped functioning. They tried replacing sensors, they tried replacing stuff, but no matter what they do, each time they replace different sections, it, it ends up breaking in a different way. And so they figured it was time to call in the experts, find somebody who could really dive into the root of the problem and figure out what the hell is going on here. Just a quick question. Did you disconnect from uh, your network before you attempt repairs? Yes, we did. Um, but unfortunately, it seems like there's some sort of demon that's embedded in our system. Yeah. We've had our net hackers take a look at it, but every time we think we've cleared it out, there's it, it just seems to keep popping back up. We're worried that one of our, uh, our technical systems has been compromised and infected with the virus, but there's just so many moving parts trying to keep this entire city fed. We figured we we needed somebody to take kind of a fresh look at it. Okay, it's a big system, but I can help. He takes you up to the top level where they are growing tomatoes and kind of gives you a run through of the way the system works. Water comes in, it gets sprayed onto or absorbed into the soil based on the needs of each individual plant, mixed with individual nutrients, and then any sort of water that's used from that then is collected in a secondary system, filtered, and then brought down onto the next floor where it's reinvigorated with nutrients. And so it goes, it trickles all the way down. This is not real tomato, is it? Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, as close as we could get. We're, we're kind of aiming for quantity over quality here. Can I try? He looks left and right. Ah, oh, what the hell? Yeah, sure, you've had a rough day. Go ahead. You pick off the most luscious tomato and take a bite of it. It sure tastes like what you've been told tomato tastes like. I think this tastes like tomato. <laughs> Pretty good. I, uh, I'm impressed. It, it is a little mushier than you were expecting. Anyway, you were saying? Yeah, it, 
the quality of the plants has kind of gone down since this system broke. The whole thing is supposed to stay in equilibrium, but since the watering system broke, we've been having to water them manually. Right. That's what what all of these are for. And he points up, and there's these sprayer nozzles that are that clearly have just been bolted into the roof that are inoperable at the moment. They're not doing anything. Is there anything you wanted to look at, or any sort of uh, a- a- anything that you that you need to to, to get started, or? Uh, I will need uh, all access card so I can access all part of building. Certainly, certainly. I will need maybe week to explore uh, entire system. I will need blueprints, and I will need way to um, disconnect separate part of system so we can narrow down problem and localize. I'm thinking if we fix, if maybe if we fix, if we disconnect every part and we fix every part individually, we will find a failure point from there. Um, well, we can definitely do that. Let's see, here's your all access card. And sending the blueprints over to you now. Redacted, of course. Certain areas are going to be a bit off limits. What if that is problem? Well, I'm sure the problem won't be lying there. The problem is right now that, well, the plants aren't getting watered. And that brings me actually to your last point. Um, You said you might need a week. I'm afraid we're on a bit tighter of a time crunch than that. Currently, all of our systems are are completely backed up, so we're having to water them manually, but we don't have enough water to actually water all of these plants and then drain it. And so we're having to water them kind of in sections. Mm -hmm. And, well... By my best calculation, because we can't give them all enough water, these plants only have maybe three or four days before they start having serious health issues and it starts impacting the quality of our produce. That is not good. Our first priority is, of course, to get the water up and running and then kind of figure out where all the damage is done to the system. I'm just writing this down (laughs) in inventory. (laughs) Give a second. Once you're done with that, let's have you do a cyber tech roll. Cyber tech. Basic cyber. No, let's call it a basic tech roll. Basic tech. Okay. Very nice. Okay. So you've got all this stuff in, in down and you pull the blueprint up and you're kind of taking a look and you notice something almost immediately that you're kind of surprised that no one else noticed. There is a secondary bypass watering system that will only water each floor individually. You could technically hook up a hose by this port. If you rerouted it a little bit and added a bit of extra piping, you could add water to each individual floor. It would use a lot more water, but it would basically keep all these plants alive. I pull out the blueprints and I'm like, uh, on my agent, I'm like, is there a reason why you not uh, connect this backup water system? You could water every floor instead of doing uh, what you call it, trickle down? Is a good temporary solution. Well, that wouldn't let us spray on the nutrients that we need, but I guess it would keep the plants alive for a bit longer. That's a good idea. Um, let me go ahead and he types a couple of things in his data pad. He goes, yeah, okay, I think I can do that. I think we can do that. That's a good solution. Okay. Oh, 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 oh no. What is problem now? <sighs> well, it looks like the backup system didn't actually get fully installed yet. That's on my to-do list for a month from now. And they're missing, well, they're missing water filters. We we wouldn't be able to use just the raw water out of the oasis. That is ugh, toxic and terrible. Right. We would need water filters for each individual floor, uh, 42 of them in total. You cannot procure? Well, we could, but it would take probably a week or two. And we really don't have that much time. Hmm. We will need to get 42 individualized personal water filters. That's a lot. Yeah, and they're also about this big, and he holds his hands up to uh, a disc the size of a small pancake. 
I heard of this uh, shop that sells cheap tech. Maybe they could help? Cheap tech? He says, well, that sounds like a really good lead. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can handle anything from the corpo side. And how about you go and investigate that? It's probably best if I stay inside with Brandon for a little bit and not venture out too much. We need to catch up. It's been quite a quite a few years. Yes, he's very traumatized. <laughs> you look over at him and Brandon is completely ignoring you. He's got a VR headset on the front and he's like typing away and, and, and doing something on his headset while just sort of ambiently following you around. Well, that sounds like a good solution. Let's we'll see if we can find those water filters and well, failing that, we just need to figure out a way that we can get either this system fixed in the next couple of days or find a temporary solution before all these plants die. I'm at your service. Uh, very much appreciated. Um, let me know if you need anything, and that card should give you full access to this entire building. That being said, though, and he gets really serious, and he kind of leans in and he says, there is a lot of tech here that many unscrupulous people would love to get their hands on, and we're trusting you and paying you well enough that... Well, Baxter Callum is an excellent leader, a tech visionary, and a, a, almost a god amongst men. He's not known for being very kind or forgiving to intellectual property thieves. I may not be very scrupular, but I uh, I do not steal from employer. He's bad for business. Well, I think that we'll get along just great then. He shakes your hand and uh, says, Now, if you'll excuse me, Brandon and I have some catching up to Come along, Brandon! This has been Cyberpunk Tales from the Oasis Trickle Down. We hope you're enjoying this introduction to the enigmatic Oasis. If you'd like to be notified as soon as the episodes release, please follow us on Twitter. We are at Oasis Cyberpunk. As a bonus, we'll also occasionally throw in a joke, ramble about futurism, or post some official Tales from the Oasis artwork. Thanks for listening, and remember, climate change is a class issue and is primarily driven by industry, not individual actions. When things get bad, the super wealthy folks in charge of these industries can just relocate wherever they like. It's the poor and middle class that are going to be stuck dealing with the consequences of an uninhabitable Earth. These corpo industry leaders have no stake in how much of this planet will be hospitable 20 years from now and are actively burning it to the ground just to bump their profits and stock prices a couple of percentage points. Interestingly enough, the entire group of people responsible for this whole mess could fit in just a few Greyhound buses. Until next time, 